Good morning, everyone. It is an honor to be able to speak to you all this morning. Uh, my name is Johnny Rivera, and together with my wife, Glory, we help to lead the church in Central Jersey. Uh, you know, New York City is home to us in more ways than one. Uh, Glory was uh, born in Puerto Rico, but she was raised in the Bronx. I was born and raised in Brooklyn. But also, New York City is our spiritual home. Uh, we, were, uh, we both became disciples in the Queens region of the New York City Church back in 1997. We are eternally grateful for the New York City Church. We are eternally grateful for the many souls that we've, been, we've seen being saved throughout the years in the New York City Church. And so it is a great honor to be able to speak to you all this morning. And you guys have been doing a great series on, on who God is is. And my theme for today is, God is our comforter. I'm excited to speak on this topic because I have very deep personal convictions about God being my comforter. See, I've always understood intellectually that God is our comfort. I've read scriptures. I've always understood it intellectually that that is the case. But in the last few years, I've gotten to experience God as my comforter in a very, very personal way. See, my hope is that today I can help you to understand and connect with this truth just a little bit more so that you could really see and experience God as your comforter. And I'd like to begin by reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. The Bible says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comforts, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. You know, Paul begins here by praising God. And he praises God because he is the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. This is not something that God occasionally does. And I think you get more of the sense uh, from what Paul is saying here that this is very much who God is. Paul says that God comforts us in our troubles. You know, and Paul also was able to, to write this knowing and experiencing God as his personal comforter. And Paul also says that he comforts us so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So God does not provide comfort to us to make us comfortable. No, he provides comfort so that we then in turn can also help to comfort others as well. And in verse 5, he makes this connection between suffering and and comfort through Jesus. Now I know we would all want to share in the comforts that abounds through Christ. 
The sufferings, not so much. Yet both are part of truly following Jesus. You know, as Christians, we should all expect to experience, not just understand intellectually, we should all expect to experience God as our comforter. You know, if we remember, Jesus said in John 16.33 that in this world we will have trouble. That's a promise. So the fact that God is our comforter should bring us great encouragement today and every day that we live in this world. You know, I think sometimes we don't fully experience God as our comforter because we get caught up in questioning or even blaming God for the suffering we're experiencing. I think some of us forget that just because we're Christians doesn't mean that we won't suffer. In fact, the Bible tells us that we will suffer. And especially because we're Christians. God has made it pretty clear that we will have trouble of all kinds in this world. We will experience suffering in this world. If we didn't, there would be no need for God who is our comforter. Unfortunately, we also live in a, in a world where people sometimes seek comfort in all the wrong places. They go to impurities and immorality and, and uh, alcohol, drugs, money, and sometimes even relationships that draw them away from God. And all those things end up leaving that person worse off than they were in the beginning. So it is critical that we see and experience God as our comforter. Now God knows and understands what we're going through, and he wants to be our comforter in a very real and personal way. He wants to be that for us. You know, beginning in 2017, I began to study out the topic of suffering. You know, people would come up to me and ask me, oh, what about, you know, suffering in the context of God and His goodness? And, you know, I started to get the question so much, I'm like, you know what, let me just spend some time studying this out so then I could just go and preach a series or two on it later on. Anyone who knows, he knows I love to read and I love to learn. And so I studied this topic out for about a year and a half. I learned a lot. Now, to be clear, I have a ton of questions still, but I learned a lot. And although I started this study because I was seeking to help and to teach others, what I came to realize is that God was preparing me to this study for what was ahead. You see, everything I learned was preparing me for something that was ahead where I would get to experience God as my comforter through one of the most challenging times of my life. On September 6, 2018, my 21-year-old son at that time was crossing this intersection that you're seeing on the screen right now on Route 18. He was crossing at night. And he was struck by an SUV traveling at 45 miles per hour. 
This resulted in 16 fractures, a lacerated kidney and spleen, as well as bleeding in the brain as a result of the fracture in the skull. All the doctors that treated him said it was a miracle that he survived. Needless to say, this is one of the hardest times in my life. You know, it's one thing when you go through something, it's another one when your child goes through something. It was absolutely one of the hardest times in my life. But you know what I can also say? It was one of the most spiritually rewarding times of my life at the exact same time. See, I experienced God in a way that I will cherish for the rest of my life. I got to experience God as my comforter, not just as some abstract idea, but as in a very real and personal way. And this morning, I want to share with you a couple of ways that I've seen God comfort me. I want to share with you two ways in which you can see how God comforts us. One, He comforts us with His presence. And two, with His perspective. Let's talk about His presence. You know, all throughout the Bible, God goes to great lengths to comfort His people with His presence. God tells Moses that He will be with him as He calls him to go and confront Pharaoh. He tells Joshua later on, hey, I will be with you as I was with Moses. In Psalm 23, David says, Even though I walk through the valley, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In Psalm 34, 18, David spoke of God being close to the brokenhearted. Jesus, after giving the great commission to his disciples, he tells them, I will be with you to the very end of the age. You know, even if you think about it, God has made us his temple so that his spirit can live inside of us. And he even says that when we don't know what to pray, the spirit will pray for us. God has gone to great lengths. He's to show us, to tell us that He plans on being very present in our lives. He comforts us with His presence. You see, over and over, God comforting His people by reminding them that He is with them. He, he reminded them of His presence. You know, I remember a friend um, when, you know, the accident happened at the very beginning of it, a friend was telling us, hey, you know, look for God through this time. And you're going to see him at work through all the details. And wouldn't you know it, I kept getting glimpses of God working through all the details. Now, sure, I can just look at the fact that my son survived the accident, but there was so much more that happened around that. You know, for example, uh, he spent a couple of days in the ICU after the accident. 
Uh, honestly, there were a lot of concerns. You know, they didn't know about the bleeding in the brain, what would need to happen. They didn't know about the long-term effects of the accident. There were a lot of unknowns. And, you know, we just had to wait tests, and, you know, them to continue, you know, observing him to see uh, where things would go. And I remember a moment when I was sitting in the ICU with my wife, with Gloria, and we were, you know, just sitting there worried, concerned about what was ahead. And I remember what I would describe as the Spirit speaking to me. And he said, get up and pray like an elder. Now you might be thinking, well, what, what does that mean? I knew exactly what that meant. See, as an elder, I've gone to pray for others. I've gone to uh, others' bedsides and prayed for them with faith and conviction, expecting that God was going to work in a powerful way. Now, I've been praying along for my son, but I was praying like a scared dad. Understandably so. I'm a parent, and I was praying like a dad. See, but God, I believe, was calling me to something different in that moment. I honestly, I felt rebuked in the moment. And so I got up and I started circling my son's bed as I prayed. To tell you the truth, I didn't even tell Gloria at the time because I didn't want her to think I was actually losing it. But this is what happened. I circled and I prayed. And I remember I finished praying. I sat back down and we just waited. And about 20, 25 minutes later, the doctor come in, comes in and says, well, we looked at all the tests. Everything looks great. He'll be going to a regular room and he'll be discharged in a couple of days. I was like, wait, what? The doctor said, well, yeah, he, he very likely is going to make a full recovery. You know, I, I sat back down and I just marveled at what just happened. Now, to be clear, I don't think it was like my prayer that changed it. Because, you know, I, other people were also praying for my son. And I, I think God was already healing him. Here's what I think happened. I think God just wanted me to know that he was with me. He just wanted me to know... Hey, I'm with you and your family right now. It's kind of like he was saying to me, hey, I got you. I'm here. And I want you to know I'm here. You know, when you're in the time of trial and trouble, look for God in everything. Look for God in the details. See, I can't put a price tag on that feeling of just knowing that God is present and that he's all over it. This is just one of the many examples along the way where we saw God in all the details. I believe we got to see and experience these things because we were looking. We were intentionally looking for the ways in which God would work through this time. 
Now, things don't always turn out the way you want them to. In our case, there are things that did not turn exactly the way we wanted them. But it doesn't change the fact that we got to see God work in ways that I will never forget for the rest of my life. We got to experience God not just in the big things, but in the little details simply because we were looking for them. I think there are times we don't see and experience God as our comforter because we're not looking. Sometimes we're just not even paying attention. Sometimes we don't experience God as our comforter because we're too busy trying to control things. Or sometimes we look for comfort in things other than God. But God wants to comfort us with his presence. I was comforted in a way at that time that I will never forget for the rest of my life. God comforts us with his presence and God comforts us with his perspective. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Bible says in verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but, what are, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. See, Paul is trying to help change our perspective on things. See, from God's perspective, he's telling us, hey, you know, don't focus so much on the outward things. You know, don't, those things are wasting away inwardly. See, there's a change of perspective. Inwardly, you're being renewed. Outwardly, you may be wasting away, but inwardly, you're being renewed. You, you know, you're going through some troubles right now, but those things are light and momentary in comparison to the eternal glory that will far outweigh anything we go through here on earth. See, there's a change of perspective that God seeks to give us. You know, we see things kind of at a street level. God sees things at a 40,000 foot level. He sees a much bigger picture than we do. We don't always get to see that picture. And God seeks to change our perspective so that we could see things and be comforted by the picture that he sees. See, when you get to truly see God as your comforter, it changes you. I know it changed me. Seeing God through that time helped me to even see suffering differently. It helped to change my perspective. You know, the street corner of the accident where this happened is literally right around the corner from our home. So when the accident happened, we almost immediately said to each other, my wife and I, well, I guess we'll just have to move because... I mean, every time, we don't want to have to leave the house every time and drive by this spot every time that we leave the house and be reminded of what happened there. But you know what? God changed my wife and I's perspective, independent of each other. Without knowing, each of us went to the same spot where the accident happened and we prayed. 
our own individual prayer. Neither one of us knew. We both went there individually, independently of one another, and we went and we prayed at that spot. And we walked away with the same exact change of perspective. And it was this. This place is not just a place of pain where something bad happened. No. God did a miracle here. This place is a reminder for us that God did a miracle in our family. The fact that we came to the same realization, independent of one another, comforted us because clearly God was with us. Again, he made his presence known in that way. But it also comforted us because it gave us a change of perspective. It helped us to see it from God's perspective. It completely changed us. You know, I'm going to say something that might make you pause for a second, but I want you to think about this. The fruit that comes from suffering is often sweeter than the fruit that comes from the good times. Now follow me for a second. Let's think for a moment about the resurrection. For the disciples, the resurrection must have been sweeter because of all the suffering they witnessed on Friday and all the silence that they heard on Saturday. It would have made the resurrection that much Sweeter. See, if Jesus had resurrected in an hour after dying, now it would have been sweet, don't get me wrong, but it would not have been nearly as sweet. Seeing the suffering and experiencing the silence made the resurrection, resurrection that much sweeter. You know, can you imagine that first Sunday when we're able to meet in person once again. I want you to think about that for a second. Just being able to meet in person again. Just think about that Sunday. Can you imagine the fellowship? Can you imagine the hugs? Can you imagine the joy of singing together? You know, the song leaders won't need to convince people to sing and to get into it. We are going to be overflowing with joy and gratitude to be in the same room singing together. You know, without the pandemic, that would be just another Sunday. Without the pandemic, you might be in a service like that and complain that you don't like the song or you don't like what this person said. You'd be complaining about a million things. But because of the pandemic, it makes that meeting even sweeter. You know, who knows what is ahead? All I know is I'd rather go through it all with God. And I know that God's presence and his perspective will continue to comfort us. I've heard it said, I'd rather be in the valley with God than on a mountaintop without him. No matter what may be ahead, being in the presence of God is where we need to be. Is where we receive 
his comfort. We have nothing to fear because God is our comforter. And the cross is an incredible reminder that the greatest blessing we receive came as a result of Jesus' suffering and dying on the cross for our sins. Let's remember that as we take communion. And let's remember that our God, He is our comforter. And He comforts us with His presence and with His perspective. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for today, God. We thank you for this time we've had together. Father, we thank you uh, for just the sacrifice that was made for us, Lord. I pray that we take this uh, bread that represents the body and the juice that represents the blood with glad and sincere hearts, knowing that, Father, we've been forgiven because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Help us, Father, to be sober and to understand how incredible that sacrifice is. And, Father, help us to rejoice with the blessing that we receive because of that suffering, Father. Help us to remember always that you seek to comfort us with your presence and with your perspective, Father. We love you. We thank you. We pray this in your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen.